The focus of the first half of this parak is what was done with the money received from all of these shkolim collected. Asks the Mishnah, Hatruma, referring to the Trumas Halishka, which was the process when they emptied out the money from the chamber in the base Hamikdosh into the three baskets. So all of the money which they had emptied out, what would they do with all of that money? So as we're going to see, there are many different levels for things which are bought with this money different categories which have more priority. And so the first list of things which are bought with the Trumas Halishka, that is on the highest level, and all of the things which are on the list which are needed are bought with this money. Now, if there is money left over after all of those things have been bought, then we go on to the next category of things which have next priority, and we would buy those things with the leftover money. And if there's even more left over after that, then it would go on to the next category and so on. So first, Mr. asks, what is the top priority of things which are bought with the Trumas Halishka money. They buy with it uh, the carbonized Tomid. Those are the two carbonists bought every single day of the year. One sheep in the morning and one sheep in the afternoon. Umusafin. Carbonized Musaf, which are bought on special days of the year, such as Shabbos and Yom Tov. Minis Kehem. And the wine offerings and the flower offerings which accompany these carbonists. The Oimer, the carbon Oimer, which was bought on the second day of Pesach. This was a flower offering from barley. And the truth is, when this offering was bought, also some animals were also bought as karbanos, and so the Mishnah includes those as well, the the two loaves of bread which are bought on Shavuos, from the new grain which grew that year, so these two loaves and also the karbanos which are bought with it, two sheep and a goat, these can also be bought from the Trumas Halesh Gomani. The 12 loaves of bread which are baked every area of Shabbos and remain there fresh on the Shulchan in the Beis HaMikdosh until the next week. And really any korban, any offering which is brought in the Beis HaMikdosh on behalf of the public. So all the things we've mentioned and also the korbanos which are brought on Yom Kippur. These are not korbanos which are brought for particular individuals. And so these have top priority in terms of spending the Trumas Halishka money. Now once every seven years is the year of Shemitah, and during that year it is forbidden to work the land in Eretz Yisrael, and as well as that one has to leave his land, his field, open for anybody to come and take the produce which is growing there by itself. Not that you're working the land, but produce which continues growing there, at least that which took root during that year, that is permitted for anybody to come and take and eat it for themselves. Now the Korban Oimer, which is bought on the second day of Pesach, as well as the Shteh Alechem, the two loaves of bread which were bought on Shavuos, they have to come from grain which grew that year. And during a Shemitah year, they ran into a bit of a problem, because no one worked the land, so there were very, very few plants which were even growing at all. Only those plants which grew by themselves and sprouted by themselves were growing. And as well as that, even those plants which had grown, and the grain which had grown that year, it's forbidden to guard the field and stop people from coming and taking it. It's all ownerless, so people would come and eat it, animals might eat the grain, and there was a danger that when it comes to Pesach, which is already halfway through the Shemitah year, and Shavuos, which is even later, there won't be any new grain which grew that year available for the Korban Oimer and the Shteh So those responsible for the running of the Beis Hamikdash appointed people to guard over particular fields, and although it's forbidden for them to stop people from taking the grain, because during Shemitah it's forbidden to guard a field, Nevertheless, they were appointed to be there and sort of tell people that the field is designated for the Korban Oimer of the Shteh So it's advisable not to come and take the grain. They can't fence the field off and stop people getting it, but they should stay there and tell people about it. And they can also stop animals from eating the grain. Now, without these people guarding the grain, it was extremely likely that they wouldn't be able to have a Korban Oimer or Shteh that year. And so because these people are so necessary for the Korban, their wages are considered to be part of the needs of the actual korban, such that money which comes from the Trumas Halishka can be used to pay these people. 
And so the Rishna says, Shemes Fichin Bashavias, those who are guarding the grain which is growing during Shemitah, which sprouted out by itself, Notlin Sacharim Trumasalishka, they can take their wages from the Trumasalishka money. Now the Mishnah goes slightly sidetracked over here and discusses an option that perhaps it is actually a requirement that these people who are guarding the fields need to be paid. Now why would they need to be paid? The answer is, at least the way we're going to understand this, there are a number of ways of understanding the Mishnah, but we are going to understand that although in general when one acquires an item from somebody else, if somebody buys an item, in order to make it his, he has to do an act of acquiring. For example, lifting it up. However, when it comes to hefker, ownerless produce, or ownerless items, one doesn't actually have to do a physical act, rather it is enough that he just looks at it. If he's looking at it and watching over it, not just a simple glance, but he's actually watching over that ownerless produce, like what these guards are doing, then they would be able to acquire that grain, even without doing an act of acquiring. Now the halacha is that every carbon tzibur, every carbon, every offering which is bought for the public, cannot come from an individual's property, from a particular person's possession. Now that in itself is not necessarily a problem, because even if we say that these guards, just by watching over the produce, acquire it for themselves, so very nice, it belonged to them, but before the offering is brought, once they've finished guarding it, they can just give it over to the Beis Hamikdash property, designated as Hektash, as Beis Hamikdash's possession. So why does it matter if these guards acquire it for themselves at the beginning? By the time it comes to the offering, they'll give it over to the Beis Hamikdash, and it won't be an individual's property. So the truth is, that is indeed Rabbi Yaisi's opinion. Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Yaisi says, If somebody who is guarding the produce wants to, he is allowed to guard it voluntarily for free. However, You also agree that the offering must come from public property, from the Beis Hamidus' property, and not from an individual's property. Now what's the problem? Because we're concerned that once these individuals have made this property theirs, even when they designate it to the Beis Hamidus, we're concerned that it's not in a 100% wholehearted designation. We're concerned that maybe in his intention as he declared it Hekdash, he didn't 100% intend that it be given over to the Beis HaMikdash, in which case it might remain to be his property. And that would mean that this carbon which is bought on behalf of all of Kal Yisrael was invalid because it didn't come from the public Beis HaMikdash's property. And so because of that, the Chachomim say that he has to be paid to watch over it. Now how does that help? Because if you are paid to do something to watch over it, then it's forbidden to gain from that thing. You're only being paid to watch over it. So that's going to be your wage, and it's, you won't be able to benefit from that actual produce, which means that if, by watching it, you won't acquire it. And so that is the solution, and the Chachom say that one always has to pay him to make sure that he didn't even acquire it in the first place. Be it as it may, that money which is paid to him can come from the Trumas Halishka money. Mishnah Beats, the list continues, Pora. This refers to the Paraduma, which is a red cow, which is used to purify people from Tumah, which they receive from a dead body. The ashes of the Paraduma are mixed with water, and this is sprinkled on people in order to purify them. So although, strictly speaking, this is not considered a carbon, the Torah calls the Paraduma Chatos, which is the name for another type of carbon, and therefore it can be bought from the Trumas Halishka. Veloshen Shalzahiris, a red string which was thrown into the solution of Paraduma ashes, they can come from the Trumas Halishka money. The same applies for all of the other ingredients which were mixed with the Paraduma solution, such as the cedar wood and the hyssop. All of the things needed for the Paraduma's purification, those things would come from the Trumas Halishka money. Now when they process the Paraduma, they would do so on Harazesim, which is the mountain next to the Beis Hamikdash, just a few minute walk away. And since the Paraduma really contained within it 
the purity of all of the Jewish people who would be Tomei from a dead body and they would use the ashes of the same Paraduma for many many years. So they had to be absolutely sure and take every single precaution to make sure that this Paraduma would remain Tahar throughout its entire processing. So much so that for the walk from the base Hamikdosh to Harazesim, they built a special type of ramp, some sort of bridge which had at the bottom of it a space of at least a tefach. And they would also build a ramp sort of above that as well. And the reason why they built this complicated structure was to avoid any possibility of it becoming Tomei. If there was a dead body underneath the bridge, so by building this special type of bridge, that would prevent any tumor from spreading upwards from the dead body which is buried underneath the ground. So this ramp, as we're going to see, cannot be built using the money of the Trumasalishka, because it's not a carbon and it's not directly related to a carbon. It's in the second category of things which come from the leftover money of the Trumasalishka. As well as that, another example of something which is in the second category is the Kevesh Sora Hamishtaleach, the ramp used to transport the goat which was thrown off the cliff on Yom Kippur. One of the things done on Yom Kippur is that two goats were taken and they would cast a lottery and one of the goats would end up being brought as a carbon and the other would be thrown off of the cliff and it would serve as an atonement for the Jewish people's sins. And because their, their atonement was dependent on this, there would tend to be a handful of people who were quite panicked and would rush this person a lot and it could actually cause a danger for that person who is transporting the goat and taking it to a cliff. So for this person as well, they would build a ramp, a sort of bridge, at least for the first part of the journey, whilst there were still people there trying to hurry him on. All right, Veloshin Shabinkarnov, the red string which was tied between the horns of the goat, which was thrown off the cliff. This was the red string which would turn white, if indeed the sins of the Jewish people had been forgiven. Amasamayim, the canal of water which flowed through the courtyard in the Beis HaMikdash, would use this water for a number of things, such as cleaning the floors, the wall and the towers around the city of Yerushalayim, which was there in order to protect the city, and all of the public needs of the city, such as fixing the roads, fixing the pits, making sure there is water available, all of these things, of course, they're not directly related to public korbanos, and therefore they are in category 2, they can come from the money which remains from the Trumas Halishka money. Alright, now Abashal, Omar Abashal argues on one point which was mentioned, and he says that Kevesh Para, the ramp, the sort of bridge which was made for the Para Aduma, to transport it from the base of Mikdosh to Har Hazesim, it didn't come from this money which came from everybody, rather it was the custom that Khanim Gedolim Oisinusim Shal Atzman, the Khanim Gedolim who would carry out the process of the Para Aduma, they would make a ramp from their own money, they would pay for a ramp to be made from their own money, even if there was one before already there, they would build a new one from their own money, one reason which is given for this is in order to honor the mitzvah, they wanted to pay for this expensive large ramp with their own money. Mr. Gimel, we now reach the third category. Once all of the things in Mishnah Aleph and the first part of Mishnah Base had been bought, and there was leftover money, so things in the category 2, which were listed in the second half of the previous Mishnah, those are bought. If there was any leftover money from there, then Moisa Shari Halishka, the leftovers of the remainder of the Trumas Halishka money, what would they do, what would they spend that money on? They would buy with that money wine, oil, and flour, and they would have these available by the Beis Hamikdash, so the people who were bringing Karbonus for themselves, private Karbonus, and they needed to bring a flour offering with it, with oil, or they needed to bring a wine offering with it. Details differ for each carbon, but according to this opinion, the Bishamikdosh would buy the oil, or the wine, or the flour. 
so that it was available for these people to come to the Beis Hamikdash and actually buy it from the Beis Hamikdash. And then that money would go to the possession of the Beis Hamikdash. That is the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael. However, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, One can't do things to make money from Hekdash property, from Beis Hamikdash's property. The Beis Hamikdash can't buy things to then sell to individual people to use for their individual korbanos. It's considered a lack of respect. And in addition, there is also a danger of making a loss and although the last part of the Mishnah is not related to the Trimasalish God, just like we see that it's forbidden to do business and invest and try and make money from Hekdash money, one can also not do business and invest money which is designated for the poor. If let's say there's a charity fund, where the money which people give to the charity fund, they're really giving it to poor people. The charity fund just distributes it to them. So they're not allowed to do business with that money, because by doing that, at least before they get their money back, there'll be less money available for poor people. So if a poor person comes and asks for money, they would need to turn around and say, sorry, right now there isn't any money because we've invested it. But that should not be done. The money needs to be available for the poor people as it is. Mr. Dalit, from Rosh Nisan, after they had collected all of the Shkolim during the month of Adar, from Rosh Nisan, they began actually using that money and the Karbonus had to be bought from the new Trumasalishka from the money which came from all of the new contributions. So what happens if when it comes to Rosh Nisan, there is still leftover money from the previous year? Moisra Truma, the leftover of the previous year's contributions, what would they do with it? They would use it to make plates of gold as a covering for the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the most inner room, the holiest place in the Beis HaMikdash. That entire room was plated with gold, the floors, the walls, the roof, that's what it was used for, Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Shmuel says. And before he talks about the leftover Trumas Halishka of the previous year, he talks about something else, and that is Moser Apiros, which literally means the remainder of the fruit. And this is referring to the money which is gained from all of the wine and the oil and the flour which is sold to people who need to bring their korbanos with wine, oil, or flour, as we learned an argument about that in the previous Mishnah. So Rabbi Shmuel, who said that that is permitted to do, that the Beis HaMikdash can start selling those things. So what exactly do you do with that money? Says Rabbi Shmuel, which literally means it was used for the dessert of the Mizbeach. Now what on earth does that mean? So this refers to burnt offerings which were brought on the Mizbeach at a time that no other korbanos were being bought. So let's say all of the public korbanos which need to be bought on that day have already been bought, and there are no individuals right now who need to bring a korban. So in order to constantly use the mizbeach and bring korbanos, so they would use this money for that. And the leftover of the money of the Trumas Alishka from the previous year, it was used to buy utensils which are used for the service in the Beis HaMikdash, not like the Tanakama who said it was used for the gold covering in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, but rather it was used for these dishes and these utensils, which is much more related to the actual service of the Beis HaMikdash. The Gemara learns this out of a Pasuk, in Divya Yomim, be it as it may, Rabbi Akiva argues, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, Moisara Truma, this leftover of the previous Trumas Alishka, that was used the Kaitz Beach for the Karbonus which were bought, where no other Karbonus which were being bought, and where would they get the money for the utensils used for the service of the Beis HaMikdash? that came from a Moisra Nesachim. In this case, Nesachim refers to the wine and the oil and the flour which accompany certain carbonates. But this doesn't refer to the money which was made by selling these things. According to Akiva, just like in the previous Mishnah, it is forbidden to use the actual Trumas money in order to buy the wine and the oil and sell it to people. 
So what exactly is Moisan Sachim? So the people running the Beit HaMikdash would buy oil and wine, etc. for the sake of the Beit HaMikdash itself, not for individuals, but for carbonos which are bought, for example, for public carbonos. They would buy this oil, let's say, and they would buy a year's supply of oil. They wouldn't necessarily take all of the oil now, but they would agree on a particular price per measure of oil. Let's say for every gallon of oil, we'll pay this amount. So the halach is that if the price of the oil changes over that year, the value of the oil changes towards the price, so the Besamikdosh always has the upper hand. So the lower of the two prices, whether it be the previous price or the current price, that is what the Besamikdosh will have to pay, which means that the Besamikdosh would gain from that, as well as that, the people giving the oil or the flour, etc., because they are dealing with the Besamikdosh again, they would need to give sort of generous measures. So let's say they measure a certain amount of flour. So just like if you have a measuring cup, let's say, for flour, so the flour, when you pour it into the cup, it doesn't end up flat, it's sort of heaped up, even above the surface of the top of the cup. After that, you could smooth over the flour, and get rid of some of the flour which is above the surface of the top of the cup, but those supplying the flour to the Beit HaMikdash need to give them the amount of flour, which would be if it was heaped up into the measuring cup, let's say. However, when it comes to actually bringing the flour as the offering, one smooths over any flour which is above the top of the cup, so that leftover flour, the Beit would also gain from there. So what would they do with that? They could sell it, and then with that money, they would buy lechay shores, utensils used for the Beit service. Rabbi Chanina Zganakarnim, Oimer Rabbi Chanina Zganakarnim, says the exact opposite. Moisa Nesachim lekaitz hamizbeach. Moisa Nesachim, which is the flour, or the oil, or the wine, which the Beit gains, because they always have the upper hand. The money gained from there, lekaitz hamizbeach, that is used for the carbonus which are brought on the mizbeach, to keep the Mizbeach constantly going. Whereas the leftover of the previous year's Shkolim contributions, that would be used, the Chlesharis, for buying the Chlesharis, the utensils used in the Mizbeach Mikdash. If you notice, they didn't talk about Mizbeach Peiris. Why? Because the Hayyamid Mapeiris, they didn't agree to be Shmael when it comes to the Beis HaMikdosh actually buying the wine and the oil for the sake of the individuals to then buy it from them. According to Akiva and Rechininus Gankarnim, it is forbidden to do business and invest Beis HaMikdosh money. And therefore they didn't even discuss that because there was no money which came from there because they weren't allowed to do that at all.